be advised, Blue Rose Task Force is filled with secrets and spoilers. Welcome to the Blue Rose Task Force podcast, where we look deeply into Twin Peaks as a whole, using the full scope of the show Twin Peaks and all its official media. And welcome to Ruminations from the Red Room, where we talk about anything and everything that comes from that little red room in all of us. We don't use the word canon, but we consider all official releases important because Lynch and Frost have approved their presence, and we welcome all input into the collective consciousness that is the Twin Peaks community and wider universe. We started this show and the network as a means to reflect, reminisce, and ruminate on the things that make the journey worthwhile. While we may get sidetracked, in the interest of interesting folks, we don't let that stop us as we all get to the top of the mountain in our own way. This podcast is usually a watch-along podcast that looks into one installment of Twin Peaks at a time, but today we're chanting out between two podcasts and the conversation around the dinner table will be lively. I'm your host, Mitch. And I'm your host, John. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show, too. Yeah. So, um, regular Blue Rose Task Force listeners, you might recognize the voice that starts off every single Blue Rose Task Force episode. It is Mitch Proctor from the Ruminations Radio Network. He is our, uh, he is the producer that pretty much uh, handles every element of production in every show, it seems like, uh, for all of us. And, um, you know, I can't thank him enough. And, you know, here we are at the end of season two. I thought it'd be a really good opportunity to, uh, you know, check in with the with the whole network and see how we're doing. Thanks. I'm I'm really really glad that you decided to that you wanted to do this this show this episode this crossover if you will. Um, mm. I I really can't can't wait to dig into it, and I'm excited to get to uh, to touch base and reach out and connect with your listeners. What a what a great like what a great opportunity! I'm just really excited. Thanks for having uh, me along. Well, of course, and of course, thanks for you know in, you know bringing me into the network in the first place and uh, i don't know i don't know about my regular listeners like if you guys do listen to other of the uh, of the podcasts that you hear <laughs> in between me but um you know how about uh mitch you uh let let them know what's going on 
Oh, um, okay. So the Ruminations Radio Network, um, if those of you who have the opportunity kind of poke around on the website or poke around at some of the other shows that are on the network and see the logos, you'll see, for example, the Owl Cave uh, hieroglyph, petroglyph. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel uneducated suddenly. No. John, what it, what would you call that? Is it a, is it a hieroglyph? Uh, the carving at Owl Cave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the etching. How about? We'll go with that. You'll see that etching pop up from time to time because the network, particularly, I guess, um, my show, the original show, uh, Ruminations from the Red Room, uh, got started uh, when The Return first happened. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the inspiration to to start a show because I was like, wait, we should do a podcast as this airs. And while we started the show, um, it kind of evolved and we were not a very good uh, Twin Peaks podcast because we we didn't we weren't consistent. But we ended up doing lots of other things and talking about lots of other uh, things that we're, we were passionate about. And I just really fell in love with the format, really fell in love with um, or further fell in love with my friends who would have on or when we'd get like a really cool guest. And then during uh, during the pandy, we thought it'd be a good idea to, you know, get get all these interesting people that we really enjoyed talking to and just give them shows like, hey, let, what if I just take care of all the busy work? <laughs> what if I just set it all up and all you got to do is record and then that would kind of take down some of the barriers or hurdles for these people that I just found to be really interesting. And I just love to hear, hear them talk. So we formed the Ruminations Radio Network. And from there, we, we got great folks like John uh, joining us and, and hanging out and putting out this incredible content that's so intense and so incredibly educational if you're a Twin Peaks fan. Um, and then we've got... Um, so many other shows. If you get a chance, check them out. It's 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 a great community. You can even join. Uh, and again, little holdover from the Twin Peaks, um, I guess roots. The Double R Discord. It's the Ruminations Radio Discord, but it's Double R. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, come check it out, and um, we'd love to to chat with y'all. So, once you've checked out those shows. Um, definitely come back here and check in with John and the Blue Rose Task Force uh, because r- right now we're going to talk a little bit about where the Blue Rose Task Force came from, um, what were some of the ideas, where where John wanted to take it, and you know, this great ride that we've all been on with him and this this awesome podcast. Um, John, to start, I mean, if, do you mind if I just ask you a couple of questions? Yeah. Um, yeah, please do. Because because I really it's it's really is a it's a great opportunity that I have to be able to sit down and listen and edit because then I get to like really enjoy. But it's crazy because half the time I feel like I'm talking to you and I'll speak out loud <laughs> while I'm editing your show. I'm like oh, but then it's, you're not there live, so it's fun. But yeah. what was the vision of Blue Rose Task Force, and then that versus what it is now? Is there anything that you could compare, like in contrast? Yeah, well, it's really funny is that, like, you know, back in like 2018, when I started kind of visualizing what a podcast would have to be like, um, I figured, I mean, honestly, the format that I'm using currently is what I probably would have wanted to do, like Uh with, you know, just the general structure, which is amazing that I've come back to that. But, you know, of course, I, um, 
I figured, you know, bi-weekly would probably be the slowest that it would go. And, you know, it would take me about two years to get through, you know, regular <laughs> marathon. <laughs> regular yeah. yeah. And of course, you know, we all know, um, anybody listening to it in real time knows that, you know, we've just passed our second birthday and, uh, you know, like I've only just finished season two and, (laughs) you know, it it just takes a little bit longer than I was expecting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I shouldn't be too surprised with all the the 25 YL writing that I, um, am am still kind of doing, honestly, (laughs) like it's, um, you know, the, this Twin Peaks stuff, like it gets in there and it takes its time and it just waits to be, uh, waits to be going, you know, like sure. it, it, you know, it, it waits for that moment when it's ready. And, you know, um, actually and, you, you brought up two five YL and I think we owe it, uh, to our pal Andrew to just also comment on that, that being where we met and how we mm-hmm. were able to recruit you to the network. Um, originally, I was doing audio work for 25YL and did audio articles that that John recorded. Yeah. Yeah, recording in my little iPhone before I had any equipment. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I loved doing those. That was great. That was a great introduction and that got this working relationship, yeah, you know, off to a great start. Absolutely it did. And of course though the uh the reason why I finally jumped over the uh, the line into podcasting, you know, it's like I, I was listening to podcast forever um, at this point. You know, it's like I was I was writing in in like 2015 over to Sparkwood and 21, and um, you know, just contacting everybody, Bickering Peaks, like all those folks, and um, I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then finally, um, finally, I came across L over over the end of uh, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And, um, you know, we started talking about maybe, you know, maybe it was time to actually, um, you know, do a podcast together. And, like, that's honestly the only reason why um, <laughs> why this is happening is because of L um, finally making me realize that, like, I actually could do it and we could pull it off and uh, you know she and i kind of put together the formula you know like with the questions and the actual structure mm-hmm. of the episodes comes from um our pre-planning but you know of course uh circumstances being what they are we had to lose her along the way but you know i i will always thank her too you know it's like between between her and andrew like they're kind of the the midwives of this whole thing <laughs> we still uh as a fan as a, a fan of your show we still hope for occasional possible visits from field agent l you know yeah. we think that that might be cool at some point so uh yeah. you know here's hoping well cross your fingers and it'll be around the corner but <laughs> <laughs> you know i'll wait for the stars to align before i officially announce anything <laughs> well you know you talked about the um the twin peaks community podcast that you know mm-hmm. you were originally kind of following and, and reaching out to and talking to and and that's kind of how i that's how i bumped into andrew and how which of course led me to you and the boys over at cinephile hissy fit and brendan over on ruminations of red rum uh, shameless plug for our other shows. Um, you know, I, uh, I reached out to him cause I was like, you know what? I, I, I love the site. I love the stuff that you guys are doing. Would you like to come on my show? And ironically, I have still not done an episode with Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, no? that's just the way it goes. Like, yeah. you know, it'll happen when it's ready. Just like everything else. 
spent a couple of years. We, we did a lot of work together. We put out a lot of stuff, and and uh, still, we we never got our chance to sit down and and uh, do an episode. I so I, I do hope that that still happens. Yeah. So when you're reaching oh, out to the, oh the um, the greater Twin Peaks community, um, I have I have to wonder like as as a fan and. You know, you were reaching out. You were obviously like a fan of these other shows, and now you—I mean, you already were like making a, a a mark for yourself in the Twin Peaks community with all your articles, and and I'm sure you have, you know, clearly with with all the followers and listeners that you have, like you are an authority in the community. And now Blue Rose Task Force has this place in the community. How do you feel about that? Like, does that feel? <laughs> do you feel accomplished? Does that feel weird? Or it's. It's definitely strange. Like, I, I really feel like I do have a seat at the table at this point, which is, I mean, it it makes sense. I mean, if you look at the work and everything, like, it, it, it you put in enough hours on something, it's like you should be here. <laughs> but, but it's still really surreal. Sure. Like, I, um, like, I'm never going to be one of those guys that, like, you know, feels like they can just like hobnob with, you know, like cast members at conventions or anything like that. That's just not me. Like, I always feel like I'm, you know, part of the, part of the fan base first. Sure. It's just really exciting. I think it's, it's great for me. I feel like I'm hobnobbing because I get to talk to you and you're, <laughs> you're such a big part of that Twin Peaks community. And, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I have been since 1996. I know that doesn't go all the way back like some folks, it's but. It's all good. For me, uh, you know, I, I guess, and I think we've talked about not you and I, but we've talked on the the ruminations from the red room show. Um, why it is that like some people dig deeper, and then for some of us, we just we love all the imagery, we love all the feelings, and I love the feeling of Twin Peaks just kind of like washing over me. But I don't have as deep a grasp of it as yourself. So there's these fans coming to the table with lots of different, you know, at, at different points in our Twin Peaks fandom. But I love what you bring out in my Twin Peaks fandom when I listen to you. It's it's just really incredible. Good deal. Yeah, that's all I could ever hope for because that's a podcast. You know, it's like I'm giving back to the podcast community at this point because like they have given me that feeling since you know at least uh, 2013 when I found the first one. Wow. Wow. That that does go back a ways. I, gotta yeah. be honest, I don't. I don't think even listening to pods that I go back quite that far. I know they've been around for a while, but I don't think I started listening. I think I started listening when uh, when Bowie died. It was oh man! Yeah, I was really yeah. bummed out, and I just was looking for for something to listen to, something to laugh at, and I, I found some good comedy podcasts, and that's that was my introduction to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I started listening when my when my kids were born. And um you know, it's like you you're basically, you know, stuck in a chair, you know, rocking kids or something for a little <laughs> while and yeah. <laughs> that like makes it, sense. It just, yeah, it just caught on. Yeah, it's like I started with the NPR ones, you know, like all songs considered and everything. Uh-huh. And um you know, it didn't take me too long to like start like searching for my interests. So like, you know, I'm finding Shows like, you know, Super Mercado Brothers doing the VGM and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I found the Twin Peaks podcast eventually, uh, from, uh, Matt and, um, his three friends who, uh, started up the original one back in, I think 2012 is when they recorded it. Wow. 
Yeah, that's really early in the birth of pods. Yeah. I, I, I think they don't go much back, much further back than 2010. Yeah, well, not on record anyway. <laughs> yeah, at least, yeah. I mean, when we were in grade school and we were recording on our little tape deck, recording a little radio show, you know, that's that count. Yeah. But now that uh, now that you've got your seat at the table, and like I said, I, I feel like it was already earned long ago, and it's so exciting. Like, if you were to have guests on Blue Rose, who are some of your less obvious dream gets for like interviews or just someone you'd like to have on and have even like a, just a conversation with, even if it wasn't like a, like a um, interview question and answer interview, just a chat. Who would some of those people be? Yeah. See, I'm uh, I, I'm introverted enough where like, I don't instinctively want the interviews, <laughs> but, uh, but, but you have I such mean, great you know, things to say, like, I know people want to get that out of you and talk to you and dig into that brain, man. Ah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Fair the enough. social anxiety will probably tell me otherwise. But I mean, <laughs> obviously, um, I mean, it, it goes without saying. I'd love to talk to Mark Frost about like his whole Jungian angle to, you know, Lynch's um, metaphors and like visuals and everything. Like, I, I would love to like get even closer to figure out like how how those two guys' visions work together, but. Um, is like you know looking into the background information um i don't even remember where i found this anymore but um there there was that note about jill engels uh reading everybody's lines uh for you know the backward phonetics um oh, uh-huh. so that like filming could go smoother i'm assuming that was for episode 29 and um you know like she was there the whole time and like she's been behind I mean, she she's married to Robert Engels, you know, one of the writers of uh, the show and Fire Walk with Me and everything. And like, you know, he goes back with Frost for a while, and of course, he uh, got in good enough with Lynch to write the movie. So, right. like, you know, uh, I mean, um, Robert Engels has been um, interviewed here and there, and like Andrew Grievous from you know Twenty Five YL, that the interview with those two is like gold. So, like, I can't imagine that Jill wouldn't have a ton of things to talk about. And, um, you know, like, she'll she'll have a completely different perspective than pretty much anybody that I know. Right. I'm interested in your overall um, methodology, I guess. After all the episodes that we've done and all the audio articles and things mm-hmm. where was where was the original spark that that took you on that where, where did it come from what is it what led you on these deeper dives this analysis that is pulling out all this great stuff like do you do you remember was there a, a catalyst or anything yeah i know um i was i was pretty much like you back in um you know, the nineties where like, you know, Twin Peaks was just this thing that happened to me and like, it, it just fascinated me so much. And like, I didn't have much to say about it. And, um, I mean, granted, you know, I, I wasn't like you were like, you found it in those off years where it almost felt like it was your show probably. (laughs) Um, you know, it's like, I, I was there with the wave of popularity. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I, I kind of got to see it like through all of its, um, public opinions yeah um 
So like, you know, there, there was no like, you know, like, I, I don't know, like it, it didn't feel like mine exactly, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like it, it just, um, it just got into my head and I mean, obviously it kind of messed me up with the whole Bob thing, you know, it's like, I, I was, uh, you know, a, a tween going into a teen during the show. And, um, I can't even imagine, <laughs> you know, it's like, you, you don't like when, when your body's changing, you know, the whole, um, you know, like you don't know what you're going to turn into on the other side, you know, and things could all be different. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you, you, I understand why it grabbed hold of me that way. But as far as like theorizing and everything like that and like putting it all together in an activated kind of way i mean that's that's all from secret history of twin peaks when that thing came out like i like everything that i'd ever wondered about with twin peaks every everything that i've internalized about like how the show worked um you know that i've thought about over the years like it all was ready to just be activated essentially. And uh, Frost did a great job in secret history of like doing that. And, you know, I haven't been able to shut up since. <laughs> that's, that's really, really interesting, really cool. And I, I love the, the discussion there about like when we come to Twin Peaks, like how it might feel like since you were there and you experienced it one when you were younger and two as so many other people were we're discovering it or we're not really discovering it. it was, you know, this cultural phenom that, you know, washed over everyone. Whereas my experience was it with it was, um, I, I came to it through David Lynch and I didn't even know, I didn't even know Twin Peaks. Like I had a very vague awareness of it because I was, well, I don't know, 13, 14 years old when it aired. Mm-hmm. And I knew about, knew I'd, I'd seen it because i think there was like china beach and some other like 30 something and mm-hmm. these other tv shows on at night and i never never watched that i was too busy being a little metalhead <laughs> and um so i came to it after i went away to college and got into david lynch's films and a buddy of mine uh he's guested on a couple of the shows around the network and um, we're still hoping to get him on with a a norse podcast about Norse nice. mythology and and uh uh culture like fantastic if you get a chance check out his blog I'll 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 drop a little link in the the bio and stuff but again a really great thinker he asked me he's like well if you like David Lynch you must like Twin Peaks you must have seen his show and I was like what no I, I'm not familiar <laughs> and I uh, started renting the tapes at uh, Blockbuster yeah and that's how I came to it. And um, I'm fairly certain that I rented some of the tapes out of order. And when I finally did get to the end, I thought for sure I had rented some tapes out of order and that there was a tape coming. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, there must be another tape. I must have got where's the, where are the yep. rest of the tapes. But that's really, really interesting. I also love the, the secret history. and uh, But I still don't think that I quite have the capacity to talk about it the way that you do. And it's, it's really beautiful the way that you dig into it. And I'm appreciative for it. Thank you. I'm curious if, you know, what your insights into this might be like, um, and if I'm getting ahead of us, please just reel me in and let's go back and, you know, because the show has been, been a great experience. Um, Why, why does Twin Peaks 
endure after all this time? And why are like you, John, putting out a podcast about a show that came out 30 years ago? <laughs> well, it's just got this alchemy to it that like, you know, I mean, it, it, it um, you know, it, it's one of those shows that like, you know, David Chase, uh, Damon Lindelof, you know, it's like all the people that like end up making shows later. It's like, um, it's like, uh, what, what do you call it? The, the Smiths, you know, it's like nobody really listened to them in a popular <laughs> way, but like everybody who did started a popular band, you know, it, it's, it's one of those kind of things where like, you know, it just too many people in the entertainment industry loved it so much that it eventually, um, you know, just needed like you, you couldn't deny it. You couldn't bury this thing deep enough. Like it, it needed to just continue to be. I don't know why I would expect any other answer than that poetry. <laughs> you know, after listening to to all of your your episodes, like I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, you talk about like all the people in uh, entertainment and the creatives who loved it. Um, that of course makes me think of all the countless references and homages to the show in pop culture and. You know, even recently, something as recent as uh, the the Alan Wake Alan Wake video game mm-hmm. um, sequel that came out, um, or one of my favorite uh, references is in the Good Place. Did you watch that? I didn't. I I know about the little candy jar though. Yes, is that what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like when I saw that, I I actually jumped up off the couch and mm-hmm. like just just really just reached me and just like really moved me. Yeah. So man, yeah, what was it? It was like if you if you eat the candy, you'll like understand everything there is about Twin Peaks or yeah, something. The, <laughs> the true meaning of Twin Peaks. And it was in a little candy jar, like <laughs> and that was what heaven was like, you know, things like that. It was just brilliant. Yeah. I am um, looking but, forward to getting to that show one day. <laughs> you know, I I feel without knowing your taste completely that you will really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Yeah. You know, as fans though, it's hard not to recognize that we're a little biased, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> we're, you know, we're fans of it. Um and so it's hard for me to look at it from a with a more critical eye and, and say, well, you know, we're and I, I use this word in a loving way, but I'm like, we're obsessing over this thirty year old show because it deserves that type of attention. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I believe that it does. I don't think that you could write the things you do if it didn't deserve that kind of attention. Absolutely. Does yeah, it stand it alone? Oh, from shows like pre-HBO, you mean? Or <laughs> that that new golden age of, of television that they refer to? I think Twin Peaks, yeah. I mean, again, was kind of was young. But in retro, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, etc., I do feel like it birthed a, a quality of television that wouldn't exist without it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the uh, the amount of serialized storytelling too. I mean, like there there are just so many different things that like. It just decided to, you know, eschew conventions on and like it, it just did its own thing. Like, yeah, um, 
I mean, let's be honest. Like, um, you know, everybody, every like, you know, Frost and Lynch, they were both cocky as hell. <laughs> and like, you know, they, they knew they were good. And they were fine with just saying, you know what, we, we own this thing. We are going to do the best thing that we can do here. And, you know, it's like, if you let us on the air, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's, just, that's just a gift. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, like back in the pilot, you know, it's like they they just threw everything at the wall. I mean, Lynch, Lynch told, I what was it, Dunham, I think? I can't remember anymore. But, like, you know, he, he basically said, you know, they're never going to air this. Let's just have fun. <laughs> and, you know, it's like they just did whatever the hell they wanted, and they got picked up anyway because they knew they had a good enough thing that it was it was worth airing, even if sure. nobody watched it. Yeah. So, like, you know, I mean, you, you almost have to have that kind of, you know, fuck all kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of an attitude uh, to make something that can last beyond whatever formula or whatever format you're on. Cause you yeah. know, it's like, who wants to make another cheers? <laughs> well, I, apparently they do like, they still crank that kind of stuff out too. Yeah. But, but who, who, who has something worthy or worthwhile to say, or, you know, um, paint on the, the screen would want to no disrespect to cheers. I never yeah. watched it, but I, oh I know no what you're disrespect saying. at all. It's really great, but it was doing that already. <laughs> right, it was already that's, there. That's what I mean. You know, it's like all, yeah. all the people up in the uh, up in the executive area. It's like they just want a sure thing that makes them money because I mean they kind of have to. I mean, it's they're they're business people. I get it. Right, but yeah, like most people try to work with those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when you, you're talking about like their, their kind of cocksure attitude and the the vibe that was coming off those guys and and the I guess the the boldness to be able to do these types of things kind of touches on something that I've kind of always thought like if you're to be an artist that publishes or puts out your work in any way kind of lends itself to 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 that you have to already think like that it's it's almost built in the the ego that has to go along with that and i mean i i am could be completely wrong i i, I am and especially as as someone who's you know clearly trying to make a creative network and have mm -hmm. created you know bands and written music and things there's a little bit of ego always there because you feel like whatever it is that i have to say kind of i feel like someone would want to hear it so there's a little yeah. bit of the ego there, right? Mm hmm There was no follow-up to that. I'm just sharing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I feel like like it, like artists are by nature a little bit egotistical. You know, because we feel like yeah. we have something to share. It's like, okay, why do you think you have something to share? Well, because I do. I have something inside me that I, I hope will touch someone else in some way that maybe what I have experienced, they have experienced and maybe I can put words to something they were unable to or, or whatever. Have yeah. Like the work. That yeah. You or do. if nothing else, I mean, you know, like the, the, the light, the fire, you know, like all right. the, you know, like if, if it does it to us, then it's, it's almost stupid to keep it to yourself, you know? Right. I like that much better. Yeah. 
Why not share that fire? Well, well, hey, on that note, on um, sharing some fire, let's uh, take a real quick break and share some of the the fire and passion that the other shows on the Rumination Radio Network have, and let one of them pitch a show to your ear holes, and we'll be right back. We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Red Rum, all things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out, but hurry. The killer's behind you! You realize that I listen to the episodes that, that you do, and then I listen to them again, and then I have about 20% of an understanding of what's happening and what's going on uh-huh. and your, 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 uh, your dissection of it. So I imagine if I listen to each episode five times, I might be able to carry on a conversation with you gotcha. about those things. <laughs> well, I mean, you listened to some of those early episodes of um, Ruminations from the Red Room. I don't think anything yeah. we touched on was remotely as profound as the stuff that you you're able to dig out. Well, yeah, but in in 2017, I mean, I I was like doing things that like if there was any depth to them, they were like 700 words or less. So like when 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 the target is moving, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Oh. So anyway, welcome back. Hope you guys enjoyed that little break. Um, well, um, I don't want to like kind of bogart the mic here, but I do have a few more questions for you. Yeah, you sure. So the one that that always sticks in my mind, the one that the, that I, I I come back to, um, for me is so many of us who love Twin Peaks. And mm-hmm. clearly, en- enough that you put in the hours and hours of work that you do to create these episodes and do the homework and do the research. Um, why do we keep seeking answers when the creators have clearly chosen not to give any? Like, why yeah. do we continue to seek answers when, like, it's like if. You know, you listened to a, a concept album by by a favorite music artist, and then they said, "I don't want you to know the story," or I, I, "I can't find the perfect metaphor." But we seek to understand something, but I, I feel like we've been told, "Don't bother looking for the answers," but we still can't stop. In in a way, but I mean, if if you look at it. Frost and Lynch, I mean, like, they, they were doing the thing where, like, you know, they brought in Tibet. And, you know, it's like they, they, they trade in this, like, almost religious subtext, you know? Like, uh-huh. they, <laughs> they, um, they deal in, like, the big universal mysteries that, like, you know, we're, we're supposed to strive for as human beings. Sure. And, yes. honestly, the, the original TV show... You know, it's like the the reason why you go back is for plot purposes, more or less. You know, it's like you want to find out how to get Cooper out of there. You want to find out, you know, did Audrey make it out of the bank? You know, it's like, <laughs> the, you know, it's like they they left the plot open for uh-huh. you, you know, like you, you continue the story that way. And in, in like uh, it was it 
you know, it, it's the James Dean, you know, it's like, what could have happened if he didn't get in that car accident, you know, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's, it's like, that's why Twin Peaks survived as long as it did to begin with, even though there were all these subtexts too about, you know, like, uh, you know, the Bob and Leland dichotomy, um, the, you know, what is the red room, you know, it's like all, all the, um, all the transcendental meditation that, um, ended up creating this weird metaphor of a supernatural logic system. You know, it's like trying to figure that out because, you know, Lynch is a surrealist, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that that's the kind of stuff that kept us going to begin with. But I uh -huh. think with, um, with the modern twin peaks, like, you know, any, anything that happened like from, um, in 2012 or whenever it was that Frost asked Lynch about, you know, maybe bringing Twin Peaks back in some way or whatever. Like, you know, they, they're, you know, they're older gentlemen at this point. And you've got um, Lynch, you know, doing his, um, his TM um, uh, foundation, you know, like, you know, he's uh -huh. trying to get people to, you know, learn TM to like, you know, and depression essentially and you know frost is a a scholarly type who has a lot to you know pass on to the next generation it's like they're they're at that age where like they have a lot of lessons that they want to pass down and give back and i kind of feel like that's what season three is all about is like it, it's trading in that sort of material which really is essentially like religion. And, you know, it's like, why do you get religious? Why do you study philosophy? You know, uh, um, everything from, I mean, you know, theosophy is kind of dicey, but, you know, like there's a, you know, stoicism, there's, a, you know, Zen Buddhism, there's all this stuff that like people just devote their, their brains to just to kind of like, figure out existence which also doesn't have an answer i i kind of feel like that's why twin peaks is going to survive over the next you know uh the the next 25 years mm -hmm. if not longer i can't dispute anything you just said i think those are all really great answers i think that sounds really kind of in keeping with with twin peaks and and um and all, all these greater themes. I mean, I know for myself, that's kind of my, it's my daily, uh, why, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. What is, what exactly? Um, yeah. that's, you know, that is the, the, the greater questions, right. At all times. Uh, you know what, one thing, and I know this kind of like takes a big jump, but one thing that I've really enjoyed about the show is, is the, the, uh, the deep dives into the, uh, behind the scenes stuff, the, mm -hmm. the episode preps and stuff like that. Um, particularly, and I, I don't think, um, I don't think I'm the first one to note by far, but I, I think that you've brought a lot of light to what Mark Frost has done and what Mark Frost did and contributed. Cause yeah. I, you know, um, when did you start? Was it because of the secret histories? Is that, cause I, I, I know that I, for one was another one of the people who, probably did not give credit where credit was due or didn't like put his name with it as much as I should have in my initial fandom. Like mm -hmm. how, how has that gone for you? Did you uncover more things that kind of like led you on that path or? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I honestly wasn't paying any attention to that. Like, you know, the, the furthest that I got went with, 
uh, originally watching it was like, you know, it's like, you know, directed by David Lynch. And I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> you know, like, what, what's he going to do to my brain now? <laughs> but, um, like, I, um, I, I didn't really know, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know Mark Frost's name even necessarily. Like, you know, the, you know, Time Magazine, you know, Man of the Year, he's the one who made Twin Peaks, all that stuff. And, like, yeah, I wasn't, like, reading Beyond TV Guide. So, like, they didn't really talk about Frost very often. Um, and I know um, John and Craig of uh, Wrapped in Plastic did that DVD extra where they actually interviewed Mark Frost um, on the um, on the Artisan Season 1 DVD set. And um, that was honestly the first time I'd ever really heard of him. And I, I think from that point, you know, it's like, oh, okay, there is another guy. But what really opened my brain to um, Mark Frost being like genuinely important and that, you know, like just that it really was a TV show being made like a TV show in a way um, was Brad Duke's reflections, which is coming up on 10 years old this year. Uh-huh. Like, have you read that book? No, I have not read that. Oh my God. Like I, I want everybody to pause this show right now, <laughs> get Brad Duke's reflections, you know, spend like a good half a day to a whole day, depending on your reading speed, and just read the shit out of that book because that that opened my mind to like everything. Like that that probably um, solidified me needing to get into Twin Peaks again, even more <laughs> than anything else. Wow, that's a pretty glowing recommendation. So, all right, yeah. everybody, pause and go read that. All right, ready <laughs> and pause. Welcome back. How's your mind? Did it get blown? <laughs> awesome, cool. Uh, I'm speaking to the future, Mitch, who has now you know paused and gone and read it. Um, that's exciting. That's really cool. I, I did start picking up stuff like that. I got a really great book full of Twin Peaks essays that Very I really cool. enjoyed. Um, so I'll definitely take a look at that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best oral history you're ever going to get. Like, it, it makes me want to read oral histories on everything. And, like, uh, yeah, like, he's, uh, I think he did one on China Beach now that I think about it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I miss that show completely as well, which, you know, shame on me. But also, I was 12. So, <laughs> really, is that one that yeah. we missed? Should we go back and check that out? I, from everything that I understand, yeah, and I mean, oh my God, Dana Delaney, <laughs> you know, like, I, okay, I'm, I'm sold, you, you didn't have to twist my arm too much, but it, it's kind of like with that, it, it, as far as I know, I think that one is kind of in the Northern Exposure uh, zone where like, it just hasn't been licensed for streaming, uh, possibly ever. Now that I right? think about it, I don't it. think I've ever seen it anywhere ever. Yeah, yeah, but no. I mean, if Northern Exposure just popped in, Am, yeah, Amazon, Amazon, yeah, um, if that one just started streaming, I mean, there's hope for everything, and I mean, hell, Twin Peaks came back. There's hope for anything. <laughs> wow, that's a, oh, I, I am going to dig up some of the. We also we did a few episodes we recorded live as we were watching the return. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I I need to dig up those those sound clips and maybe publish them, send them to you just for your own like enjoyment. I think you'd get a kick out of us freaking yeah. out as things are happening. But that's an experience like that so many people um may never have because they didn't have to wait 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I my total wait wasn't that long because again I discovered it a few years after it aired, but what an incredible experience that was to hear that more was coming and then it actually happened. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a, that's a, like a singular once in a lifetime event to, to yeah. be cliche about it. How yeah, did you feel you, when that happened? <laughs> I honestly never believed it was actually going to happen until, um, like, okay. Um, secret history. I knew that was going to come out and, I had a very good feeling that it was possibly the only thing out of this reboot that we were going to get. You <laughs> know, it's prepared. like, things, yeah, things happen. I mean, you yeah. know, like things don't come back after 27 years, you know, like they, the, um, and not like yeah. that. They don't. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I was uh, until, um, until Showtime finally gave a debut date. Then it's like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, right. it's like it, it stopped being, wouldn't it be nice? And it's like, okay, what am I going to do for this now? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine the Twin Peaks parties around the world were pretty incredible. I would think so. But, like, honestly, I, I mean, I'm in the St. Louis area and. I didn't know very many people at all who were into Twin Peaks at all, much less interested in actually watching it. So, like, most of my stuff was, you know, going on um, the, the glory days of Twitter when, uh, <laughs> you know, like when, when it was yeah. just all, you know, uh, roses and pie, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, it was an amazing scene on Twitter. Like, uh, that, oh, I that, bet. Um, yeah, like th there were so many people, and honestly, most of us that I was talking to on Twitter, we all um, ended up joining up slowly but surely into Twenty Five YL. How interesting! And look at that; yeah. it all comes full circle, like a golden circle. Yeah, I I can kind of reflect on like my experiences with like the return and and you know what got me so enthusiastic is to start a podcast <laughs> mm -hmm. you know we yeah you know i got those clips i, I really want to send you of us screaming in the living room like there's like a group of us <laughs> when diane turns around when they're walking up mm -hmm. in the and i it was just incredible or like the deafening roar of i am the fbi oh like, yeah oh my gosh like we still talk about that kyle and i uh, Kyle from Ruminations of Red Rum. Uh, I introduced him to Twin Peaks, and his his Twin Peaks, if you want to go with the nomenclature, is the Return. You know, we okay. all have like our season and stuff, and and uh, he did watch it in order as it was going to debut on Showtime. I made sure he'd watched the the original run, but yeah. uh, the Return is still his favorite. That's cool. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's mine, honestly. I mean, I, I, um, 
God, I, I think it, I think this is even in writing somewhere, but like, I, I feel like, you know, the original Twin Peaks is what I love, but I think the, um, the season three stuff is the most important. Right. Okay. And I can see the difference there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like all the character work is in the original stuff that hooks you. Right. And then, <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, all the existential stuff that like might, you know, lead you into like personal growth or something seems to be in season three. Yeah. It, but I mean, like without the character stuff, without one and two, those, mm-hmm. those, some of those, um, needle drops for lack of another term that happen yeah. in season three don't hit without that. I don't know though. I I honestly think that like, I mean there there were probably a lot of lynch heads that only watch Fire Walk with me and they're perfectly fine being a little bit lost. Oh really? And I would like I to think, get to know that community. Yeah, That's and I, I think season three will do the same exact thing or the return or whatever you want to call uh, it. Whatever, yeah. Um, you know, it's like I don't I don't honestly the only thing that I think is really lost is the Ed and Norma stuff. Oh, okay. You know, because, like, you don't, you don't um, necessarily understand the backstory. It's like, you know, it's like maybe they liked each other, but, like, you didn't necessarily know that they've been pining over each other since high school, you know? It's yeah. like you, you just know that they've been, like, sort of interested in each other. Sure. But, that- like, otherwise, like, there are enough changes with everybody, like, where, like, yeah, I mean, sure. It it helps to have, you know, Bobby, you know, it's like you, you get to see him like actually growing into like a a positive role and like yeah. finding himself and like, you know, kinda um some of the major's vision yeah. coming to pass. Yeah. Yeah. But like even that is still in the return a little bit with Betty. That right. that one scene in in uh, uh part nine. You know, it's like, I feel like there's enough there where, like, you can kind of get the point of things. But, you know, plus, all you get are vignettes of characters anyway. So, like, you know, it doesn't, it it just doesn't seem to matter as much, like, for the, the characters themselves. It's more like, you know, you're, you're just supposed to get this one little snapshot, kind of like, uh, you know, it's like you're getting, like, a, a poem instead of a novel. I see. Except over and over and over. And like, you know, you're just supposed to kind of sit with it and enjoy it. So like, or I mean, you know, you, you, you get what you get out of it. Kind of like going to an art gallery. Right. And I, I think that that's a, still a great and valid way to, to experience it. Sure. Yeah. But, but I, I don't know. I, I don't even remember exactly how I started on that, but like, I, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like Lynch films, like you don't uh, Inland Empire, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if yeah. if you're there, if you're there for Inland Empire, and like you, you're just vibing with it, even though like you don't know what the hell is, you know, going what direction, when, why, or how, you're just there for the ride. Yeah. You know, like it, it translates on its own. Fair enough. I do hope that it endures 
continues to endure, kind of like you you mentioned earlier, for another twenty five years or more. Yeah. Um, what uh, this is this is kind of a, a vague and nebulous question that I have for you, but what do you think is the the greatest mystery that's left on the table that you either haven't solved or you think hasn't been solved or what remains to be dug out of Twin Peaks? Not to spoil any of your future episodes or anything, but yeah, I, um, is there something left to dig out? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously there's, (laughs) there's ways to go. I mean, you know, um, uh, Carrie Page calling to Lynch, as he said. I, I forget exactly his phrasing for it, but you know, it's like you know, he, like she's still speaking to him in some capacity. Um, you know, it's like I, I, um, I know in the editor's uh, Slack channel uh, for Twenty Five Whale, like right after we got done watching, um, uh, you know, Part Eighteen. I, I got snarky, and it's like, <laughs> like what did we, did we just get a backdoor pilot? like i i just i don't know like i i feel like it was all set up like if if you're looking at it in like standard tv terms of like you know this is going to lead into something else it's like the only thing left from a plot standpoint as far as i can tell is cooper uh, as richard you know richard cooper uh, like whatever it is he seems to still know he's cooper so um and carrie like going on some kind of odyssey adventure which is kind of what i assume wisteria is actually Uh (laughs) you know it's like those two are gonna be you know going around as completely unnamed people and like there's gonna be a lot of cast from uh you know, Twin Peaks, and there's going to be a lot of cast from Lynch's other projects, and like, you know, it's going to be like Lynchverse stuff that, <laughs> you know, like, it, and like, I, I feel like that's the only logical extension, but that leaves the town behind. And I'm a firm believer that, like, it's not all just in Cooper's head. It's not, you know, it's you. like the, the, the town is influenced by all this lodginess that, um, you know, Cooper is in, uh-huh. but like the town is still influenced by it anyway. Like it, it's not all in Cooper's head and like, it's not just all fractally, you know, bits and bobs of like him. So you don't, you don't subscribe to the Cooper brought the nightmare with him. I believe that he brought the nightmare with him in a lot of ways, but okay. the nightmare is like overlaid on the town. Okay. You know, it's like Nadine gets super strength and she's in high school, except everybody else outside of her head just kind of like goes along with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it, it's all, it, it's like, I, I, I kind of feel like it's not an either or it's a yes. And <laughs> that is probably the most succinct way to look at it. It's like, it's not either or it's yes. And, and yeah yeah and that's okay too yeah like i'll continue to love it in fact it's really wonderful talking to you about all this because like yeah it's been it's been since last year since i made a trek through the through the return i better watch it again it's been a little while oh man (laughs) (laughs) it's been too long yeah yeah it's probably been longer for me at this point so how do you 
like, do you have like an ongoing, do you have like a notebook? Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I don't want to like peek behind the curtain too much. I don't want to ruin anything for your fans and the people who listen. Um, but I mean, for me, it's like, what does that look like? Do you have like a, a notes or when you go to do like when we get to the return, uh, what's that going to look like for you? Are you going to go ahead and, and rewatch or do you have stuff already oh, yeah. worked out? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I, I have, I mean, being at 25 whale at the time, like, you know, it's like, I, I have this amazing record of what I was thinking at any given point during the show. Very cool. So like, you know, it's like my whole process is there. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how, how many people could say that? Like, yeah. I, that's probably my favorite part about being with 25 YL. Um, and yeah, I mean, and the fact that they let me do a theory notebook <laughs> in, in article form. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, like, so, so like if I ever need to like, remember something it's like i can i can trace back to you know if nothing else it's in navigating between worlds that that big thing and um you know it's like i can jog my memory enough where i can you know reference this or that um in in the episodes that i'm doing now and you know it's like the way i talk about the show in like a widescreen view is more like broad strokes anyway so, yeah, like it, it's not like I have to recall like exact line delivery very often. Sure. At Those lines, point. yeah, <laughs> they're kind of burned into my mind. I can hear them, you know, just, I don't know, being very auditorily uh, oriented anyway. Like, yeah. The, the pitch, the, the style, the delivery, the tone, like those things just stick with me. Uh, do you have any, favorites that you're looking forward to hitting like where what you know we have a lot of great stuff to look forward to with the show um what what are some of your favorite things coming up if it doesn't spoil anything you don't have to dig in uh, well i mean i i'm in a lot of ways like i had i I know the beats that I have to hit, but sure. in a lot of ways, I'm kind of doing it the Twin Peaks way, which is like, don't have a show Bible and, you know, just kind of <laughs> wing yeah. it as it happens. You know, it's like, be, be ready to zig if, if necessary. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's coming a lot of handy that way, honestly. I mean, sure. The Cooper book tripped me up quite a bit, but, um, b- besides that autobiography, I feel like, you know, it's like, I'm just kind of letting the episodes kind of dictate what they need to be and you know i give them the time it needs and um so yeah i mean i i'm gonna try to go in with as smooth a a thought process as possible because like if nothing else i've i've already learned from seasons one and two with all that behind the scenes stuff that like Uh I it's it's all gonna come from the extra research that I put into it because like there there are things that I mean you know I I obviously thought about Twin Peaks a lot um, since especially since 2016 and um, like there are so many things now I I've been looking forward to digging into the original series again after being into the return for so long. Oh, sure. And, you know, just to see how much of it was already there without anybody knowing it. And, like, it's been so enlightening and so wonderful just to to connect the dots that, 
you know, nobody even knew needed to be connected. And, um, you know, I, I just expect that, you know, now that I've done such a deep dive in season two, it's like that kind of connecting is still going to be there and it's going to be even stronger as I go. That's exciting. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah, me wait. too. Like can't I've, wait. I've had a troubled relationship with Firewalk with me in that, um, you know, it's like a lot of people bounced off secret history because it was so different from everything before that. Mm-hmm. And like, they didn't know what to do with it. And that was me with fire walk with me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I was 22 when I finally came around to watch fire walk with me because it finally came out on DVD and I mm-hmm. finally felt like I was old enough to be able to handle it without losing my freaking mind. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, I was scared to death to watch that thing because of all the, all the residual Bob crap that, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like I, I had to desensitize so much from the original series episodes. Like, I don't even know how many times I watched episode 29 and 14. <laughs> rewatch, rewatch, rewatch. But, um, yeah, but, but like the, um, the, the scene where Laura says, you know, who are you? Who are you really? I still can't look at that. Like, I, I will look away during that scene. I'm really glad that someone else does. Like I was actually, yeah. I wanted to ask you a question about that, not that scene specifically or earlier, but I was like, no, you're you you're the only one, Mitch, who who looks away. <laughs> who can't, no, I who can't I can't do, do that. Yeah, it's like the the second Bob gets up to the window, like uh, for for some crazy reason, um, the the comic shop owner. In Darien, Illinois, <laughs> was playing Firewalk with me when I walked in there, and I saw Bob coming up to the window. My, okay, oh, I no. gotta go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that was as close as I got to that. And like, you know, still to this day, like you know, it's like I, I see him at the window, and it's like, okay, I, 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 I can't. I, wow. Yeah, like it's just. I mean, I, it's not supposed to be comfortable. So, like, no. you know, I, yeah. I get it. And I understand that, like, you know, this is Laura finally um, looking the horror in the eye and, like, actually getting her genuine answer that she's needed in order to just survive. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's not the answer she wanted. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, like, it, it's, it's going to be tough to analyze that. But, like, I, I understand that, like, I'm supposed to be feeling as uncomfortable as I am during that scene. So again, it's not like, you know, like I'm like, Oh, I'm so weak. I can't do it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to talk about for fire walk with me episodes. And I am going to do a bunch of them. Oh, really? Yeah. We're going to do, we're going to do some kind of mini series with it. Hopefully I can get L along. Um, I can't guarantee that but i'm i'm really hoping so and i know l has really wanted to talk about that too so i mean That's pray really that the stars align yeah um, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed yeah but i'm i'm gonna after um after the music of Twin Peaks episode that's going to come out on Twin Peaks Day. So, you know, don't unsubscribe because I'm gone another month. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, he's doing it again. Six months away. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'll be back for Twin Peaks Day. And then I'm going to try to have something just about monthly uh, between between now and whenever I get to Firewalk with me. 
Um, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to have an accidental giant hiatus again. Sure. Um, even though I still kind of want to, you know, take my time with it. And I know Firewalk with me is going to take me a while. Um, but well, just when it, it does finally come out, I want to do um, a number of different topics and they'll probably come out weekly. That's exciting. That's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm feeling it too. I'm, I'm excited to finally take this thing on the way that I've done with the rest of Twin Peaks. Because cool. it's the last thing left, really. Yeah. With um, those periods of uh, not releasing, should you ever uh, get a wild hair, uh, would love to do an episode with, with, again, we have like a cross-section of fans who've mm-hmm. come to Twin Peaks from various places in their lives, at different times in their lives, different times in the show's lifespan, and kind of mm-hmm. do a little round table and just compare our stories and contrast. Yes. Yeah, if I think that sounds that. great. Excellent. And, no, uh, oh, yeah. And before I forget, listeners, <laughs> this would be an excellent time for a mailbag episode. So I, I basically, I want to hear from everybody about, you know, it's like, um, you know, how have I been doing? Anything that you're specifically looking for answers for? Anything that you feel like I missed or that I should elaborate on more? You know, it's like um, any any thoughts or anything, you know, it's like, please get in touch with me on the social medias or email at, you know, uh, uh, Blue Rose Task Force podcast at Gmail, like, you know, drop in all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, because I definitely want to get a mailbag going. And, um, you know, honestly, uh, I, I should probably ask you too, since <laughs> you've been running this show for a little while. You, you, you've been doing all my production and everything. But like, you know, how, how have you been feeling about the whole experience, Mitch? I, I think it's been it's been fantastic. I don't have anything more to say than the fact that I, again, I feel almost a little, a little, a little spoiled in the fact that I get to to do this with you. Um, it. it it did evolve a bit from where it started, but the format has been great. Like your consistent delivery has been, been awesome. And I'm, I get to hear them before anybody else, (laughs) you know, well, maybe not before anybody else. I don't know how, how, uh, how well your soundproofing is. Maybe other people in their home get to hear it before I do, but. I recorded early enough. They're all sleeping. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad the <laughs> I'm glad the folks in charge are doing all right about it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, really, like your show, and and again, nothing but love to all of our our shows on the network. But uh, you really are le- leading leading the way and uh, showing us how it's done. Um, I know you've had some of those like unintended hiatuses, like you said, but like to your audience, man, thanks for being there and thanks for listening and. You know, I, I I hope that you'll you'll take a moment and, and bounce on over and listen to some of the other guys because they've got some interesting things to say in their uh, respective shows. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree. Like, you know, everybody's got their own little. Um, it it it's like we're covering all the good subgenres, you know, of uh, <laughs> or like you know, the 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 horror, the the film. You know, it's like we we get a little bit of. The gaming, all the all the entertainment food groups, yeah, the gaming, yeah, it's like it's all in there. Ooh, there and, should um, be a crossover horror episode. Um, Firewalk with me and, and Red Rum. 
That that seems like a smart idea. I think that could be done. If not that, then at least Lost Highway. Oh yeah. It's yeah, Lost favorites. Highway. I need to see that. John. There are <laughs> I'm sorry. There, what? There there is this gigantic highway of things that I am supposed to have seen already being a man of a certain age that <laughs> I just haven't. You know, it's like I haven't seen an Adam Sandler movie. I haven't uh, you know, it's like there's there so many things that like the my my scorecards are empty and a lot of <laughs> and and lynch movies are no different you know it's like there i've uh god I, i'm trying to think i i'm i'm pretty sure i've seen half of his films at this point but like i'm i'm genuinely from twin peak side of things and like yeah. everything else kind of reflects through that okay Take and you know, no offense to him, obviously. You I'm know, sure. it's just yeah, for years. Like, I mean, his his films are so hard to get a hold of in the first place. Like, the only reason why I saw Inland Empire is because I happened to be paying attention when it was being released, and like, I I could find it at Best Buy. Right, and that day, those days have gone now. Best Buy. Oh yeah, some just that crazy. Yeah. Wow, John. Yeah. It it has been a pleasure to chat with you this evening. It's been a pleasure to go on this ride with you with Blue Rose Task Force. I'm looking forward to the continued uh, adventure along that road. Um, do you have anything else you want to say to, to close us out? Um, I mean, not, not necessarily. I can't, um, I can't think of anything obvious right now. And I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm, uh, I guess a little bit discombobulated anyway, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been really good catching up with you. Cause I mean, it's, it's hard to, it, especially being like a one man show and everything, it's really easy to record in the mornings when, <laughs> when nobody else is around, but like, that's a terrible time to like get in touch with folks like you. And like, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's good to have a good conversation with you. And I honestly, I just hope that, um, that like, now that my listeners are hearing you a little bit more and kind of get an idea of, uh, you know, your, your, your general process. Like, I, I hope that if you haven't already tried any of the other shows that you do at least pick in at some of them. Cause you know, it, it, it's really the ruminations radio network is a good home and yeah, you, you guys have been great to me and I, um, I'm I'm just really, you know, I, I'm I'm just really jazzed that I got to be a part of this group. You know, <laughs> thanks, man. We're really glad that you're here. I, I I think one of the the kind of core principles, and that I've noticed, kind of go through all the folks that end up hanging out with us here, is like this general goodness and kindness, and this desire to to work as a team, and and yeah, uh, and and it's it's a really great thing. And, and yes, I'm. Sorry that we don't get to chat directly. And again, I, I think I take it for granted. I told some of the other guys, it's like, sometimes I don't talk to you guys live because I feel like I'm talking to you every day as I'm like mm -hmm. working through your shows. So yeah. I hear your voices every day and, and I get to do all that. And then I forget that sometimes people don't hear my voice and I need to, to shout out and, and chat a little bit more with y'all. Yeah, But it, is, it has been fantastic.
I think he had some other great things to say about you, um, but I don't want to blow you up too much or Aww. embarrass you, but I do appreciate you. I really do. Oh, thank you. Same. Um, so if you guys get a chance, so those of you, uh, uh, Blue Rose Task Force fans, check out RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Uh, you can look up any of our shows pretty much anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, definitely check out T Public, uh, the Ruminations storefront coming soon. Blue Rose Task Force merch. I know y'all want some of that. And uh, thanks again, John, for having me on your show and chit chatting with me and letting me kind of pick your brain a little bit. For those of you out there, like I imagine I didn't answer or ask John all the questions you probably have. So do send in an email so that we can get that uh, email episode, uh, a mailbag episode going for, for Blue Rose Task Force. And John, just go ahead and walk us out, my friend. All right, so you've been listening to the Blue Rose Task Force podcast and Ruminations from the Red Room, a production of Ruminations Radio Network. If you resonate with what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review our show, and we would love to connect with you on our various social media accounts. Um, I know as far as Blue Rose Task Force goes, I'm barely on Facebook, Counter Social, and Tribal, slightly more active on Twitter at Blue Rose TF Pod. And if you actually want to find me, I'm active on Instagram and uh, uh, also Threads and Blue Sky at Blue Rose Task Force. Once I wrap up the next couple episodes, I'm going to make more of a go on Tumblr as well. And I'm over there at Blue Rose Task Force Pod. Uh, you can visit ruminationsradionetwork.com or our YouTube channel, which we do have uh, for additional great shows such as Cinephile Hissy Fit or Retro Futurist Culture. You can find any number of classic 25YL Twin Peaks articles, including my entire Electricity Nexus column, at 25yearslatersite.com. And if you want me to make another mailbag episode, I know I've said it already, but again, send any comments, questions, or feedback to Blue Rose Task Force Podcast at gmail.com or catch me with it on any of the socials. And we'll see you next time as we look into uh, as we look into the soundtrack to Twin Peaks uh, original series and we're going to see you on Twin Peaks Day until then I'll see you in my dreams This is a, a gift.